Section 10 of G.K. Chesterton's Newspaper Columns. The New Witness, 1919 to 1920. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. G.K. Chesterton's Newspaper Columns. The New Witness, 1919 to 1920. By G.K. Chesterton. Section 10 at the side of the world's end the god and the cellar by g k chesterton i am writing these lines far away from england but even here wherever a few of the educated english are gathered together there is a little flutter of the passing fashion of spiritualism i am not at the moment concerned so much with the attitude of the spiritualist as with the antagonistic attitude of the materialist i have already suggested more than once what i think about spiritualism in the general sense of supernaturalism i think it is a matter of common sense that it is of experience too large to be analyzed we call a thing common sense when it suffers from too much evidence in its favor too much to be formulated or even remembered such popular impressions generally convince me not by the way in which they are proved but by the way in which they are disproved they are always disproved in detail with a different answer for each and when things have been thoroughly disproved in that way i generally suspect that they are true the materialist does not say that all ghosts are turnip ghosts which might be tested by the statistics of turnips he is willing to suggest anything and everything from the cedar to the hyssop not excluding the hop and the vine the materialist is like a man with some new theory of the indestructibility of organisms by chemical action which should then set to work to explain away all possible examples of poisoning poisoning is seldom performed in public and never under scientific conditions such as are demanded of a seance the poisoner seldom advertises even to the extent of putting his title over his shop he is a delicate and retiring character with a fine sense of professional decorum and in consequence as a matter of fact nearly all the great poisoning cases have been matters of considerable doubt and dispute with my own very limited taste and training in poisons i could go over most of them from memory and and question them for this or that reason as ghost stories are questioned the borgia incidents might be represented as protestant stories against a pope and thence as slanders as certainly nine-tenths of the protestant stories against popes have been utterly basely slanders the marquis de brinvilliers was put to the torture and it is an axiom of enlightened research that people always preferred to tell lies under the torture curiously enough if i remember right the two most notorious and repulsive poisoning cases of the nineteenth century those of palmer and of pritchard had each a curious hitch in its legal demonstration different in the different cases those who are certain that palmer poisoned his friend are still puzzled about how he did it those who are certain that pritchard poisoned his wife are still puzzled about why he did it in my own boyhood a very real and bewildering controversy still raged round the mystery of mrs maybrick the sceptic would really have a variety of arguments it is the whole point about him that he would have too great a variety of arguments it is unnecessary to add that the sceptic would be a lunatic he would prefer his own chemical theory to common sense 
that is a rough recapitulation of what i myself feel about a thing like spirit rapping or table turning i think it is necessarily as occasional and as obscure as poison i think it is as real and historical as poison i also think it is about as bracing and salubrious as poison but as i say i am not so much interested just now in the assertions of the spiritualists as in the answers of the materialists for the materialists are now very much on the defensive and it is singular to note how much the nineteenth century movement is regarded even by itself as fighting a rearguard action a high church clergyman said to me the other day in a deep and melancholy voice as if announcing himself i am the last darwinian in his solemnity there may have been a certain irony but many more solid materialists have all the vanity of the veteran warmly admiring the nineteenth-century movement in many ways as i do i was much interested to hear what its more recent inheritors were saying about the more recent psychical suggestions it was the glory of the great agnostics that they had grown more agnostic because they had grown less ignorant but i found that some more recent rationalists had actually grown less agnostic where they were admittedly more ignorant i mean they are using the new psychological mysteries against the new psychical marvels and they actually argue that the one cannot be marvelous because the other is mysterious they say it is not really supernatural because it is really subconscious it happens in the unconscious mind they cannot possibly tell what happens in the unconscious mind because it is unconscious or they say it is explained by telepathy though telepathy itself cannot be explained they are sure that departed could not communicate by the mouth of a medium and that solely because the living can already communicate without any mouth at all a dead man cannot speak because a dumb man does speak suppose we are told by the tenant of a house that he had discovered by stamping on the floor that there must be a cellar or subterranean room below suppose he told us that he could find no entry to it that he knew nothing about it that he could not imagine whether it was large or small furnished or unfurnished papered pink green or yellow or not papered at all and then suppose he added that he was positively and solidly certain that there was not a wooden image of st francis of assisi over the mantelpiece we should think of him a little unreasonable and wonder why he should have so peculiar a prejudice against that particular piece of furniture or suppose we were told by a traveller that we had come to the last limit of the known world and that the land lying before us was uncharted and unknown in any map made by man suppose he told us that the watercourse through the wilderness might lead to anything or nothing to farms villages or cities but that it could not possibly lead either to a temple or a tomb we should think his position illogical and wonder why he should know so much on that point and so little on any other and our doubts would not be dissipated in the first case merely by being told that there really was a popular legend in the district about a sunken shrine of st francis nor in the second case by learning that the natives of the wilderness told a tale about the river winding its way towards a great temple in the interior these traditions would only tend to the traveller and the tenant already convicted of mere perversity being convicted of mere bigotry yet this is very much the situation of some thinkers 
calling themselves scientific touching their own thesis of the subconscious mind or the subliminal self beneath the mind is another mind of which the psychologist is unconscious as beneath the room is another room of which the tenant is ignorant but though by definition he cannot say what is there by sheer dogma he does say what is not there he is very anxious to assure us beforehand that the subconscious cannot contain the supernatural or anything of the sort that may be symbolized by the shrine there is a psychological region beyond the researches of the psychologist as there is a geographical region beyond the travels of the traveller but he is convinced that whatever it contains must confirm his own private creed of materialism like an imperial conqueror he marks out an unknown continent of which he knows nothing except that it is his and like most imperialism it is a fine combination of impudence and ignorance in truth the rationalist has already lost his reason so far as could be demanded by any religious frenzy between the new psychology and the new mathematics he is bewildered out of his five wits being often assured that two and two make the five it is not so much being half-witted as being double-witted having more wits than he knows what to do with a sixth sense a second self a subconscious mind a tangle of telepathic wires he may be agnostic about whether any of those wires stretch away into another world but i deny his right to deny it and if the spiritualist assumes that such wireless telegraphy cannot communicate with evil i ask him by way of a parable to consider the moral meaning of the word marconi which careful research may discover here and there even in the past files of this paper End of section 10